Hello and welcome to Storytime with Tom and Mike. I'm Tom. And I am Cookie Monster Mike. Cookie Monster Mike? Why are you Cookie Monster Mike? Because I'm uh, eating some Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't wasn't 100% sure that we were starting right away. And I had one left and I was just, uh, just tossing that one down the old gullet here. (laughs) <laughs> so you just <laughs> thought you'd finish your cookie. No, I just decided to eat it. Yes, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> you know. Hey, that's all right. That's me. That's <clears throat> Mike. That's it's been a Mikey. long day. <laughs> yeah, tell me about your day, man. Tell, uh, what went on? What happened? Um, Roofing, right? Yep, helping my brother uh, put the uh, or fix the roof on his. Um, actually, put a new roof on. What am I saying? This has been an ongoing project with um, two or three people in general. It's either myself and my brother, or he and his uh, father-in-law doing this stuff. Like none of us have any roofing experience, but uh, <laughs> you know, why not tackle a job like that on a uh, on a leisure building, not one that uh, like it's a cottage. I wouldn't say that you know anybody's living there all the time, but it's still important to get the job done right. And uh, mm-hmm. it's just you know today was one of those days, just uh, getting up on the roof and kneeling and putting muck down because I never put rolled roofing down in my life before. I put shingles on now a couple of times, but so uh, rolled roofing is. is uh, is an interesting thing. What is it? It's essentially um, almost like like shingle type material, but it's on a roll. So instead of having to put down each individual shingle, which can, is time consuming, um, you just take this stuff and kind of you put some tar down around the edges. And like put this stuff down, and then you can nail it on top, and it essentially uh, you you put roofing on. <laughs> I guess is the only way to describe it. Huh. But uh, that's that's yeah, that's what we were doing today, and it's it's a messy job. I did have an old pair of coveralls. Thankfully, I because rem- I was like going back there, not anticipating what I was doing, and uh, I wore like a decent pair of jeans and like one of my I actually wore my green Jello shirt. And my brother's like, uh, I don't think you probably wanted to wear that today for this, did you? Because, you know, there's going to be, like, tar and shit all over the place. And I went, huh, you know what? I never really thought of that. And this is places, like, far enough away that it would have been really inconvenient to turn around and go home and get clothes. And then I remembered right. that I had my old scuzzy ripped up um, coveralls inside my truck. So I put them on over top and managed not to get any tar on any of my clothes. I feel Good. rather uh, proud of myself. Normally, uh, I go to do things and I end up – like the worst thing for me is that I seem to kneel a lot, um, you know, probably because I'm sucking lots of dicks at the truck stop. That was my assumption, but, yeah. Yeah, well, naturally. But uh, I kneel a lot and so if I just were to wear knee pads 90 percent of the time, I would probably not get anything on my clothing. But The other uh, day I geez, saw this – you know. <laughs> <laughs> The other day I Sorry. saw this clip 
on YouTube of this guy who's like playing guitar. And it's like some like maybe like 1970s, 1980s, whatever. And this guy is heckling him saying that he sucks. And he says, hey, I don't come down to the bus stop and slap the dick out of your mouth. So don't fuck with me or something like that. <laughs> that is and one then, of my favorite. Yeah, that's one of my favorite comebacks. But then, but then, just just after that, he hits him with the fucking guitar and knocks the back of it off. <laughs> okay, that I'm not okay with. But the the insult I was good with. Yeah, I've I've wanted I've not ever run into the situation where I could go, hey, I don't come down to the you know down to the truck stop and knock the dick out of your mouth. Don't tell me how to do my job. But that I mean that's a very very specific situation that 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 would come yeah. up in. I have had a very specific. I don't know if I I don't know if I ever told this story. I swear I must have at one point in time or another. But um, our generation would of course be completely familiar with Beavis and Butthead, and um, there was an episode of Beavis and Butthead where these guys were um, were like robbing ATM machines and they had uh, the guy supposedly looked like Beavis and Butthead and they had like these these two actors that looked nothing like Beavis and Butthead you know like uh, doing uh, almost like an Unsolved Mysteries kind of thing. Yeah I remember it. Yeah, and the one guy goes, look, Trevor, another ATM ripe for the picking. And it was so ridiculous. And you'll never guess, in real life, uh, the place that I worked at had an ATM machine. There was a banquet manager named Trevor who happened to be the manager on duty this day. I turned the corner. The ATM machine was hanging open inexplicably, and he walked up. And did I think to say – the I had the perfect situation to say, look, Trevor, another ATM ripe for the picking. And I fucking totally missed it. I will never get that opportunity again. I guarantee it never happens again. Oh, I could kick myself for that. That was like the the biggest. My brother still uh, busts my ass about this, and this happened probably ten years ago. As long and as I still think about it. <laughs> as long as we're sh- uh, showing our age, let me ask you this: When's the last time you used your Mac card in an ATM machine? <laughs> uh, well, I typically don't do that uh, as frequently as others might because I don't like paying um, surcharges. But uh, I, I I did probably about a month ago. I used one at my at my bank ATM, and I do know I, exactly what you mean when you say that. Yeah, nobody else nobody else calls them Mac cards Mac anymore. Card. Yeah, Mac card. I'm gonna it's hit a, the it's, Mac it's machine. A debit. It's also funny to me because I was basically it was a double entendre because I was calling you out on saying ATM machine. Since automatic teller machine, machine, yeah, ATM machine, machine, and yes. a Mac and a Mac card would be a money access card card. That's true. So you'd use your money access card card on the ATM machine, machine. Yes, on the automatic teller machine, machine. So that you could go to Walmart and buy yourself a Duran Duran CD. I was, uh, yeah, I was trying to think of something uh, that would, yeah, that that has the two names like that, and that's. Probably one of the few things that Walmart carries that does. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted to get oh. special with it or crazy with it, you could get like a Tony, Tony, Tony CD. These oh, are yeah. topical jokes. Yeah, well, and they're also uh, ones that may or may not have aged well, depending on who the audience is that's listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> 
When's the last time Tony, Tony, Tony did anything? Well, really, they probably did enjoy a slight surge in popularity recently because uh, Rick and Morty featured their song Feels Good on on oh, yeah? one of the episodes. So I would imagine that Tony, Tony, Tony might be slightly further up on the scale of being recognized than than saying Mac card. <laughs> you know? Are we saying are we saying Tommy or Tony, by the way? Tony. Tony. Okay. I was saying Tommy, I think. No, you were saying Tony, 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 because that's the name of the was band. I? Yes, okay. definitely. I'm making sure I didn't screw it up. But let's like see what they're doing today. Tony, Tony, Tony. Yes, I think they may have actually spelled T O N I, T O N Y, and T O N I E or something. Who knows? I never was really a fan back in the day, but that song feels good. Is pretty damn good. I don't uh, know a single one of their songs. I have to I, say, I honestly don't. They're still well, active. They're still making music. I wonder they the same released thing. an album in '96. That's how re- recent they are. I guess they're just. Oh, that, that is pretty recent, yeah. Considering yeah. that was t- fucking 24 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> I, I'm thinking they must just do shows. Yeah, like uh, like uh, like those, you know, on on cruise ships and like those specialty R and B shows and stuff that they do like in local hotels and uh, and airport lounges and shit. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, Wikipedia says they're active, but it doesn't say in what way they're active. They could all just actively hate one another, you know. Um, they're active as in they're all alive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're all actively living right now. I've been listening to um, quite a bit of oh, the guy from Rage Against the Machine, the guitarist, Tom, uh, Tom Morello. Mm-hmm. He has a new single out called um, You Belong to Me, and it's not like the doo-wop song. It's actually, to me, it's like an anti-slavery song kind of a deal, okay. and it is it is fucking – like it'll raise the hair on your arms. It's such a good song, and it's, ve- it's a very simple song also, but it's just – it's so it's so poignant and powerful, you know? And it got me thinking, you know, Rage Against the Machine gets together every couple of years and does a tour or something like that. What has Zach DeLaRoche been up to since – since Rage Against the Machine. And I found out that he's done a couple of side projects, but I just think that he is the angriest person I've ever heard sing a song in my entire life. And I think that that anger might be what causes him to not be, you know, as busy. Maybe. I I agree. Like, I feel like he's so angry, he's probably a pain in the ass to work with. Yeah. That's the impression I always got of his. And then I went and I got a tuna salad sandwich. But the thing is, I didn't want hard-boiled eggs in it, so I was mad and I threw it out and screamed at the cat, you know, or something. Like, that's always the way that his songs felt. I don't know if that really came across the way I wanted it to, but... I said no mayo! Yeah, like, like, and I I was letting um, my significant other and one of my kids, we were listening to Rage Against the Machine one day in the car, and I pointed out... That there is a pattern at the end of every one of their songs where there's a point where you think like the song might – it could end, but then it goes into this thing where he just repeats the same thing over and then screams it at the top of his lungs. And it's mm-hmm. a formula that works on literally every one of their songs <laughs> almost. 
Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I highly recommend checking out Tom Morello's um, I will. solo stuff. And that song, You Belong to Me, is, is fucking amazing. It's a great song. I'm going to make a confession here and say that I was was not and am not a big Rage Against the Machine fan. I don't dislike them, but I'm not one of these guys, oh, they're so hard, they're so badass. It's like, eh, they're okay. Tom Morello's no, an amazing guitarist, but I yeah. just – I feel like Zach De La Rosa is a whiny bitch. He just comes I, off as whiny to me. The other funny thing to me was I saw their bass player and drummer, and I was like, who the fuck are these guys? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I only know two people in this band. I know Tom Morello because, um, you know, of me always loving guitar and, and wanting to learn how to play and, and playing at various points in my life and knowing that he is a Fender guy. And, um, and he, it, I mean, if you ever get a chance to, Fender has done like an artist series that's on YouTube and um, he does one and he explains like where he came up with some of these ideas for sounds and shit it'll blow your fucking mind when you see how he was making some of these noises like pulling the uh the the cord out of the guitar and like hitting it against his hand and running it along the side of and like touching metal things with it it mm-hmm. was crazy i mean it was it was i mean to me you know he went above and beyond he didn't just take the instrument and go okay this is a guitar the only thing i can do with it is play chords and and stuff like that he was like i need to think about other stuff i can do with this and the stuff that is with it it was just interesting like adding the percussive um element into it and everything was cool it was cool but uh and of course we know zach de roche because again he was the angriest man in uh 90s and early 2000s music about everything Mm-hmm. And uh, other than that, I couldn't tell you who the other two guys. I couldn't tell you their names if I wanted to, off the top of my head. But I've listened to every one of their albums at one point in time or another. You know, I I've always liked them. I would never say that I was like a super fan or anything like that. But uh, some of the stuff is pretty good. Pretty I think good. part of it for me was that it was so political, and I've I, I've never really liked political stuff. I'm I'm not attracted to it. Um, I try to I avoid like it at all I like stuff when it falls into, into my belief system. That's about <laughs> it. You know, and for the most part, a lot of their stuff did. I didn't really, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, you know, step in it on this one, but I wasn't really completely down with their, um, support of, uh, the, uh, guy that killed the Philly police officer. I know the officer's name is Daniel Faulkner. It's uh, Booba Amal or something along those lines is what the guy's name. I can't even remember his name off the top of my head. But uh, they came out in, like, huge support of him. And that was something that for a while turned me away from them because I was like, man, I mean, no matter what the story is, he killed somebody in cold blood. Take away the fact that it was a cop and an activist and just, you know, the basic facts of it. That, that it's bothers two human me. beings – one yeah. human being took another human being's life. Yes, I mean that yeah. there to me, you know, I, I mean I don't I don't condone I don't condone murder, obviously. Mm-hmm. So well, it'd be really it, uh, fucked up if you did. Like, yeah, we're sixty one episodes in and Mike just says, By the way, murder people. It's really cool. <laughs> You've you've literally known me <laughs> for <laughs> for my entire adult life and then some. And yes, now suddenly today, Muma Abu Jamal—that's what his name is. I Mumia, think we es- yeah. 
I I remember the the video that they were. I think yeah. I remember a video where they talked about him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, but yeah, I think we established the other a couple hours ago. It was like what? Tw- it's been twenty eight years we've known each other now. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. 28 years. 28 years, and, and we'll be old men and be like, we've known each other for 40-some years. And I'll be like, you are the person that I've known the longest outside of my family. Actually, yeah. I'm pretty sure you actually are the person I've known the longest outside my family. You mean that you still, like, <laughs> actually still communicate? Oh, that it's okay. still alive. Like, I've known some, you know, older people and stuff that were outside of my family, but most of them aren't alive anymore. <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that that's that's a telling thing right there. You yeah. are my longest and my best friend, Tom. I love you. Oh, I love you too, Mike. <laughs> hey, Mike, do you have a pretty regular dream life? Pretty regular dream life. Um, I actually. I actually do. Uh, when I say pretty regular, um, for the longest time, uh, I don't remember. Like when I was a kid, I was a very vivid dreamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would remember a lot of them and stuff. And as I got older, probably as I was starting to take uh, medications for for things like my chemical imbalance, I stopped dreaming that I yeah. could remember things. Like in the in the midst of the dream, while I was sleeping, I would I would see things and it would register. But as soon as I woke up, it would completely just be gone. Yeah. And probably in the last uh, say probably the last two years, I've started to dream and remember more frequently than I ever have in my in my entire life. But it's always like weird shit that I remember. It's never like you know normal stuff. I, you know? I kind of like that though about dreams when they're weird. I, I like waking up and having a mystery to try to piece together. You know, yeah, like I what never the fuck was that, that about? Like, why did I have an? Why did I have a dream that an old coworker of mine and I were breaking into cars in broad daylight and stealing like purses and wallets out of it? And then walking away from the same car and then splitting off in opposite directions like no one would find that suspicious. <laughs> what the fuck was that about? It felt completely lucid and real at the moment. When I woke up, I was like laughing about it because it was so stupid. I found I mean, myself having – The next night – sorry. The next night no, – I dreamt that I came right back into that same neighborhood looking for this person because I was like, we got to get back <laughs> on with the griff. It was weird. It was like it picked up. Wow, right where you, it you had like off. a sequel. You had a yeah. sequel dream. I've never had that. Yeah. It was really I, strange. I have dreams a lot of times where I have sex with people that I can't stand. And I'm assuming that that's a power thing in my mind and that that's why it's happening. But it's, it's really strange because there's like several people that I in real life I despise. And yet yeah. here I am fucking him in my dream. <laughs> so that is weird. That is your brain just taking raw anger and turning it into another powder keg, like lust or something. I don't it's, know. Your brain getting confused in its subconscious state. I was confusing anger it. with lust. I know well, that. Yeah. I mean, you're in a different place there, man. You know, when you're dreaming, you're just in a different place. And, and I think that's why, you know, people know that, like, I think everyone knows that about dreams, which is why whenever you have a dream about someone you know, you're really like, should I 
tell them I had a dream because it doesn't matter how innocent the dream was. There's mm-hmm. always that implication. Yeah, yeah. Was I any good? You know, like that sort of implication that there were shenanigans taking place in the dream. I very rarely would tell somebody that I had a dream about them. I've done it before where I'm like, man, I had a really fucking weird dream and, and you were in it. That's how and you then, have to broach it. You can't say I had yeah. a dream about you because that's just too creepy. Yeah. And it's not like you can yeah. help it, but it just sounds creepy. I had a dream about you. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's precisely why, yes, why you why you word it that way. In fact, I've done it apparently enough that, that my mind automatically went to I had a really fucked up dream and you were in it. I've yeah. never I've never told somebody that like, hey, we were doing it in my dream or anything because that mm. would – I don't know. That would feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I that, think to, yeah. to explain to them, like, so, so you do want to have sex with me? Well, no, not really. Well, your dream said you did. So there's, you know, two schools of thought here. Yeah, right. <laughs> Either you right. really want to have sex with me in real life, or you don't like me, and this is a power move, and you, and you, in your mind, you know, you wanted to have sex with me or something, and <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to have that conversation with anybody ever. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna pass on that one. Yeah, that's a hard pass. I, I don't know. Dreams – like that's the thing that's so funny to me is that dreams are one of those things we all have that we nobody understands. And and there's mm-hmm. like pretty much no science on it at all. So we all just sort of have these little stories that happen in our brains like most of us every night, whether we remember them or not, unless there's some uh, chemical imbalance going on where you're not mm-hmm. REM sleeping – so whether we remember or not, there's these little movies being played in our heads um, made of all these mixed up memories and emotions and shit. And, 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 and we have no idea why. We have, have no idea why. Up, have you ever woken up from a dream that was that was so intense and so real that you felt kind of melancholy and wished that, you know, that was the way things were? I, you know, it's funny you should mention that. I had this really amazing dream, I'd say about 15 years ago. I, mm-hmm. I, I actually tried to write it into a book, and I, I can't find my manuscript. It's buried in my spare room somewhere under mountains of, of, of composition books and mountains of boxes. Um, mm. But it's uh, – basically the dream started out – I was a kid, and I went to this – library and it was this old dilapidated library most of it was was boarded off and shut down so only a small portion of it was serviceable to the public um and there was this small little bookstore that only sold old like secondhand books that was sort of tucked down at the public entrance that was sort of the basement half basement and half ground floor Mm -hmm. And uh, so this guy, I go in there and this guy gave me a job and my job was to clean this back room and prepare it for the storage of more books. And while I was back there, I found this sliding panel that led me to a room with all these really uh, interesting, rare books. And he found that I found them. He said, well, now that you found these, you need to start learning and preparing yourself. And then like the dream sort of moved in a like. It still felt as though a whole lifetime took place, mm-hmm. but 
um, it sort of fast forwarded to me in my twenties, and I'm like this. The whole library is now ultra modern, and the li- the bookstore is really really popular and sells art and stuff. And like I'm walking around, and it's like someone's like asking for help with something, and I'm like, oh no problem at all. But and I like I have like supernatural ability to do certain things, <laughs> and then I sort of become like this slash between Indiana Jones and and somebody from the Matrix, where I'm running around the world collecting artifacts and rare books and stuff and bringing them back to my library to protect them from forces of evil and they're sending their little agents out after me and stuff and this dream just keeps going and going and going until i'm an old old man and my wife and i and this is somebody else this isn't jennifer um are are you know basically at this point you know uh retired and I'm sitting on this balcony and I've mastered the the secrets of time and space in this universe. I can do any power I wish. I can walk on ceilings. I can do whatever I want. And I say to myself, I said, well, the only way for me to ever grow anymore is to abandon all this power and go into another universe and start over with nothing. And then I did. And it was the scariest ending to a dream I've ever had because hmm. I lost it all. I, I, and I couldn't turn back. I couldn't go back to my wife and the life I had known. I had given it up in, a, in search of more power. And then I woke up. <laughs> and, I mean, I feel like that's a fucking epic novel waiting to be written. Yeah. You know. You got a little bit of a... Uh... You know, a spy thing going on there. Maybe mm-hmm. a bit of the Minority Report. Yeah, some Matrix. Um, yeah. You know, some Indiana Jones. A lot of different elements that just sort of blended together so subtly. And, I mean, there was so much going on behind the scenes that I've probably forgotten. Um, but that's one of those dreams that I've treasured. And, like, I did wake up, and for days afterwards, I was like, can I ever go back to this place? It was so vivid. It was so real. Yeah. Um, and I was like, can I ever go back to this place? And unfortunately, you can't, no matter how hard I've tried, you cannot will dreams to happen. You just can't do it. No. Uh, maybe if you're some kind of like ma- master of your own psyche or something. But I have tried and tried and tried. I've written journals and like I would be at that place or I will see this person or whatever and meditate at the end of the day and, and all this stuff and nothing works. It, it, you dream about that night. You dream about a sentient toast that walks across the, the kitchen floor <laughs> and terrifies you, fills you with existential horror for no reason. You know, I, that's um, that's what you dream about. <laughs> I would I would welcome a, uh, a dream about sentient toast. <laughs> I don't know why that struck me as so funny, but uh, it did. Well, it was scary oh, at the time. Man. That's some funny shit. <laughs> Thinking about fucking, you know, it, it's uh, I think uh, the one Cartoon Network show, The Amazing World of Gumball. There is a uh, there's a slice of toast that walks around and goes to school and everything. And I think that's probably what triggered that that thought into my head because I can't remember what the fucking toast name is, but uh, <laughs> it made me think of that shit being real. I've had I just I just always seem to have dreams that have like such vivid um environments and mm-hmm. like 
people that I think I know but I've never met before and stuff like that and it always it always just like fucks with my head and then when I'm when I'm done I'm like man that way I wake up and I'm like man that would have been such an awesome you know thing for me to actually be able to do I seem to have a uh, pattern um, and I was talking to my therapist about this. Not that I'm, I'm giving up anything by saying I go to a therapist or even just talking about this, but I seem to dream a lot about missed opportunities, hmm. like things that I wasn't able to see through to to uh, to a finale or get closure on, and um, things that I wish I had done, and stuff always seems to be the um, the biggest takeaway from all the stuff when I when I really sat and looked at it because I was doing dream journals for a while because I was curious like and I would I would remember maybe three dreams a week and uh, they all seemed to, to have that kind of a thing going on and I thought that was very very telling and it made yeah. sense to me it would make made, made total sense to me when we sat there and talked about it for a moment and I was like oh my god like this is the stuff that, that my brain is is working on in the background all day long, like I'm angry about this and I wish I had done this and I regret not being able to do this. And, and that's, uh, that's what my dreams were made out of. Now I'm hoping that I can, uh, that I can become a rock God in my, uh, or even a blues legend in my dreams. That would be fantastic. Well, <laughs> the next step I think is to go lucid. Have you ever had a lucid dream? Uh, I don't, I don't like lucid, uh, in, in, as in what, um, uh, so a lucid dream is where you are aware you're dreaming and you begin to take actions to direct self-direct the dream. Um, when you, uh, when you, when you go lucid and you realize you're dreaming, a lot of times you're so shocked by it that you wake up. It's happened to me dozens of times where I'm like, oh, I always wow, seem I'm lucid. to have a lucid bathroom dream where I'm like, starting to pee and i go whoa whoa whoa! we're sleeping we're sleeping still this is the dream i had a dream the other night that concerned the shit out of me because of how i reacted to it someone someone or something was 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 getting in my way so i went to kick it and i kicked in real life i just lifted my leg up and kicked as hard as i fucking could oh not good and i'm like dude if my cat had been there i would have kicked him across the fucking room yeah and I'm like, th- thankfully, the moment I jerked out of 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 bed like that, the the cat would have been fucking all the room anyway. But it was just like, whoa, what the fuck is wrong with me? Like my leg is just, it's like, you know, <laughs> somebody else is tapping reaction. into your subconsciousness and forcing you to do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, kick your well, wife. Kick what? your wife now. Kick your <laughs> wife. <laughs> No, I don't want to. Please don't make me. <laughs> um, I had a lucid, a lucid dream once where uh, I was like, "Whoa, I'm lucid. I, I, I can. I, I'm dreaming. Cool. Okay, uh, I'm gonna fly." And I started to fly because it was the only thing I could think of. And I'm flying, and I'm, I'm, I'm like up in the air, and I'm screaming, "I'm lucid!" Just like super happy about it. <laughs> and. Um, and I'm looking down at these houses and I'm realizing as I'm looking out into the distance that the houses are all kind of pixelated. And at a certain point, the draw distance gets so far away that there's nothing being rendered back there. It's like I had 
passed wow. out of the normal realms of a computer game. You know how when you go out of bounds on a computer game, it's like, oh, the artist never put any gar- art assets in that yeah. part because you're never supposed to see that part. But and that's about they hide what it funny was like. shit in those areas too. They do, yeah. yeah. But I was like looking around, and I was like, this is fucking crazy. And I don't know if it was a dream about a video game that produced that, or if my brain literally like was like, whoa, dude, I don't know how to render this. Hold on a second. <laughs> but the next thing I know, I started losing control of my flight, and I landed, and then some aliens attacked me, and then. Um, and then I was not lucid anymore. It was just a normal dream again. There's a cat fight going on right outside of, uh, my recording area here. A cat fight? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't hear that. No, I didn't. That's what, that's what, uh, that's what I heard. It was kind of <laughs> low. I, I think I, I have had lucid dreams before, uh, especially ones that pertain to, like, previous employment, and, uh, and I'm there, and I'm working, and I'm mm-hmm. always like, I know this isn't this isn't happening, yeah. and I'll say that to myself. And more often than not, I usually end up getting something to eat when that stuff happens. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's a semi-lucidity like, to it. Now. <laughs> there's a semi-lucidity to uh, to high school dreams and old job dreams where it's like, I don't have to fucking put up with this shit anymore. I'm an adult, for fuck's sake. I did Why? have a high school dream recently, too, which is kind of funny you should mention that. I have them all the time. Not terribly long ago, and I was like, one of my ex-girlfriends was there, and we didn't even date when I was in high school. We didn't date until after high school, and it was just, it was strange. It was very strange. Yeah, I've had a lot of them where it's like my high school enemy, like my arch nemesis from high school um, is like my friend or tormenting me. It's either one or the other. Um... It's like either 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 he's just being like he was and he and his buddies are, are giving me shit. Apparently my or dog came I've in learned, uh, I, I've earned his respect and now he's he's buddies with me. And I always wake up like who gives a shit? But apparently I do. <laughs> yeah, you you, you do know, enough that you render that in your fucking sleep. Yeah, more than once. I've played apparently I've played this out many times in my head, whether Probably I realize it or not. If you remember it more than likely, yeah, it's been a recurring theme. Yeah. It's it's been a recurring theme and you must there must be some I mean, if it was if it was like mine is there must be some regret involved there somewhere. I don't know. I mean, um, I can tie every single one of those dreams that I remembered when she added that that common link when my therapist added that common link into it. It all fucking made sense. Well, and I was like, you, oh my god, that's true. One of the most powerful things about dreams that I ever came to understand um, is that every single character, every single act, every single action, every smell, every sound, all that stuff in your dream is you. It's a reflection of your psyche. Hmm. You're you're looking at a mirror of yourself. So when something happens in a dream, it's usually symbolic of of something real that your brain isn't processing. If the, if dreams have a purpose, it's to wake you up to things that you need to resolve. It's kind of like your own personal therapist built in. Um, unfortunately, we've forgotten or never learned how to speak the language of symbols because we're so, you know, in our modern world, you know, where we're all about you know, reality 
is mm-hmm. this. Reality is what it is when you're awake. We discount that there's a certain reality to sleep too and to dreams. Um, I do think that we go somewhere. I mean, I know that sounds irrational, but I feel like we go somewhere when we dream. How awesome would it be if if dreaming is just a preview of what happens when you die? Mm. Um, one of these days we need to watch the movie Waking Life together because that movie is very much about that kind of hmm. concept. I really personally believe that that you control at some level what's going to happen when the lights go out. And if that's the case, then I'm setting myself up to uh, to be able to relive some things from my life and just – you know, be able to do things and be able to control things in a way that I'm not able to control them now. I think that would be fucking awesome. I think there is, and I'm sure there are people who would vehemently disagree. There well, is I didn't ask their a, opinion. There is a, <laughs> there is a decent amount of, of, of validity, I think, to that idea. The idea that we create our own post-life scenario not create so much as sort of assign ourselves a location to end up you know i think that just that thinking that you close your eyes and you're done and everything goes dark and silent and there is nothing more is probably not only boring as hell but fucking terrifying to me yeah yeah yeah, it feels infinite. Well, because infinity is an uncomfortable. That's the thing. Infinity is an uncomfortable thing to think about, no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think it's it's just about one of the most hair raising things that you can set your mind to is to really try to picture infinity and your place in it in an afterlife scenario. Every time I, you say infinity, it makes me think of the car brand. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I just I don't know like. That's the one thing about about the afterlife that always kind of bugs me is if it's limitless, you're going to get bored no matter what it is. Yeah, I feel like uh, there would have to be some form of purpose there. And I also yeah, – Like a have, job. I, yeah, I have also have always said that I thought that there was something to deja vu and reincarnation mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's – you know, like I have a lot of ideas rolling around in my head just wow. in the possibility <laughs> – yeah, just in the possibility that something, um, something does – Exist. I had something happen to me the other day that has never happened to me in I've been driving for I don't even fucking know. The math is too much for me to think of. I've been driving since I was uh seventeen. I got my license when I was seventeen. Um and I have never once had a flat tire while I was driving. Hmm. I get flat tires in the driveway. I'll get them in parking lots and shit, but I've never had one. Just like I've never, thankfully, well, I got to knock on wood for that one anyway, but knock on wood for this one too. I've never locked my keys inside my car unless I was at my house or my parents or my grandparents' house. Yeah. Like it's the, it's the most incredibly dumb luck <laughs> that it's never happened to me otherwise, which is why I'm so anal about my keys. I keep them in my ass, in fact. Um, but I got a flat tire uh, the other day. I was driving my parents' car, 
And I ended up having to go to Walmart to get tires because that's where we got them from. And I go inside, and I am a very – I've worked in, in service industry. I've you know done customer service and stuff like that outside of uh, other service industry-related things that I've done. And I walk into their – to Walmart's tire and lube. My goodness. And um, – I go in. I come in through the shop because I parked around the back of the store. You're familiar with the way that uh, Walmart's laid out enough for me to yeah not have to explain that. And most people probably are. So I go in. You walk in through the shop. There's a little side area that you go into that's like fenced in. And I step into the store, and there's a guy in the office lounging back in his chair, literally with his feet up on the on the fucking desk. And another guy, I don't cap, I don't catch the other guy's name tag. I think he's just a cashier. And I'm like, hey, I had an appointment. I said, I think that it was, I think my appointment was for nine, but I, but I got there closer to ten o'clock, and then I remember that I think I made it for ten. Either way, it's not really consequential at this point. And I'm like, I'm here to get my tires. And the guy's like, okay. And he goes to log on to the computer, and then he's like, no. And he turns around and goes. Come on, follow me out here. He's like, stand here and wait, and somebody will help you. He stands me right outside of the door in the shop for me to stand there and wait for somebody to help me. And there's three guys absolutely busting their asses out in the shop. So I end up standing there for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I finally get pissed because the more I'm standing there, the more I'm like, these two guys were literally doing nothing in there. And I'm fucking standing here waiting for what? For the eventuality that at some point in time somebody's going to have to walk over this way? You know, while these two, while these three guys out there are busting their humps, putting tires on and changing oil and doing all kinds of stuff. So I turn around and I go back into the store and I'm like, I'm like, hey, look, if I was late, and you're trying to teach me a lesson, I get it, but where is it okay for me to stand out here for 15 minutes and nobody is talking to me at all? Nobody comes up to me or does anything, and he's like, oh, the assistant manager, blah, 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 something, I don't know. And the assistant manager then finally comes over after another guy, after one of the guys from the shop is forced to break away from what he's doing to come over and, and check me in, you know? And he stands behind me, and he offers me some lame fucking excuse, like, oh, well, I came out, and I told the guy over there, I was like, hey, did you wait on him yet? And and uh, and he, you know, I don't I don't know what's going on, and I was just like, eh, whatever, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So I get my tires, I get my parents' tires put on. We, well, we ended up leaving then and going somewhere else, and we come back, and... I, I'm like, fuck this. I'm going to go up to the store manager when I'm done, and I'm going to give him a piece of my mind because I am so fucking disgusted with the lack of customer service that I get in the store anymore. Like, they don't stock the shelves half the time. Shit's always bad when I come here. And I don't want to have to drive down to Lebanon or up to Harrisburg or something else to try to, you know, this is supposed to be convenient for me. And I, and, and I am going to piss and moan if I have to go any further than I should have to go. So... I go back in, and the kid that uh, worked on my car, you know, I was saying to him, I'm like, look, man, I'm, I'm not mad at you. You know that. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know what the problem is. I'm just not allowed to say anything about it, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I go in to pay, and the, the cashier is just cheerily, you know, like like we're best friends, and he 
you know, has known me my entire life kind of thing. And then I realized he's the fucking department manager. The department manager shuffled me out into the shop when he and his assistant manager were sitting there doing nothing, doing <laughs> nothing. Like, and I'm not saying like, oh, maybe they were doing something and I didn't realize they were doing something. No, they were literally doing nothing. And I was just like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Well, I was so angry at that point when I realized who the guy was, I decided to forgo going to the store manager because, first off, it probably wasn't going to do any good to do it. It never right. does in those situations. And secondly, the only thing I was going to do was flame somebody else's ass for something that had nothing to do with them. Yeah. So I opted not to do it, but it just reminds me how unimportant customer service has become in places – that there's just this attitude now of like, well, you came here because you needed something, and we provided you with that thing you need, so I don't have to worry about following up and doing anything that I should be doing. Like, if I worked at a, when I worked in garages when we first got out of high school, if I had let the phone ring more than three times, if customers came in the door and I didn't walk out and greet them and find out what they needed, I would have been out of a job. Like fucking nobody's business that quick yeah you know and here the people are just like eh, whatever i don't really care doesn't I, you know I, I hate to say it but dude it's fucking walmart <laughs> i know that i'm but just I, saying that they that should be companies grateful. like that no companies like that are designed to fuck with customers they don't oh. care their managers are hired on how mean they are i knew a guy who worked for, for the same hospital i did who told me he had gone through their management course and they basically said well we don't think that you're nearly you're you're just too empathetic you're, you're like you're like you're taking this the customer side too often. You need to be saving the company money. The bottom line is what's important. All this other stuff. And I don't know if he had a you know like something to burn with them, and he just wanted to dirty them up. But it didn't sound like it to me. It sounded like legit. And at the time that I worked with this guy, he didn't seem like a bad guy at all to me. Mm -hmm. So I have no reason to not believe him. And I've also heard and read other things that have had a, a similar sentiment so you know i'm not I just verify it for I, I, you again yeah you've <laughs> all you've done is exactly all you've done is is further validated validated my uh my bias against walmart as a decent corporation or as being run by decent human beings i mean it just it just it, i was flabbergasted by this and I have only recently, probably in the last, maybe in the last two or three years, really started to, like, if something really pisses me off, I'll go to the manager about it. Before, I used to just, I used to just, you know, everybody at home had to listen to me griping about shit because of it. And only, only like in the last couple of years did I really start, you know, standing up for myself as a, as a customer and mm -hmm. as a person who's fucking, you know what? We do spend a lot of money at Walmart, okay? Maybe it's not a lot of money to them, but it's a lot of yeah. money to me. It's almost yeah. like we exclusively shop there almost for clothing, for electronics, for fucking food, for everything else, even car stuff, you know, for tires and everything. And I just expect a modicum, a modicum of give a shitism out of them. <laughs> I You're, just not made that up. You're not going to get it. You're not going to get it. 
though. I mean, oh, and you're not going to get it so from angry. most companies. That's the thing. You're not. I, I damn Walmart, and I say this and that about Walmart, but I can't name many chain stores that are any different. To be quite honest, no, it's, um, uh, they're essentially all the same. They are all because the same. Target, all the big Target box isn't stores. really any better. No. You know, and, and stuff like that. It's just like, where did the customer service go? I'm not expecting somebody to, to you know, to have, have a bathroom attendant that wipes my bottom for me in the store and uh, and you know powders my nose and everything like that and 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 opens the door for me and stuff. But I do expect like when I'm spending money there, and I really do spend money there. Not that they might notice that, but uh, you know, like just how about you just not be a dick to your customers. Yeah, and you fucking make them stand like 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 I got taught a lesson there. I got taught yeah. a lesson because I might have been late. Nobody ever looked in the computer to even see what my appointment was, and I mentioned it like five times. And I'm like, I think I was supposed to be here at nine, but it might have been ten. I don't remember because the lackadaisical fuck that was working the night before when I was there and made the appointment uh, never like gave me a little, you know, any kind of a thing to remind me of it. You know, like, Hey, I'll give you a card and I'll write it down for you. Uh-huh. And maybe that was my fault. But the guy that was in there, I'm like, I need to get, a, I said, I got a flat and I need to get a flat. And he's like, Oh, you only want to buy one. You know, like, like he's not, he's not trying to upsell anything. He's not like, you know, we normally, cause I work selling tires. I know that yeah. when you sell tires, you normally want to sell two. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do a set, you know, on you do an, a full axle. You don't, nobody likes to sell tires one at a time because, yes, it does cause wear issues and, and things. That's that's true. Yeah. You know, you don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, now I got to buy three tires because I only bought one the last time. Mm-hmm. You know, buying two and two is a lot more manageable. But, anyways, um, uh, what the hell was I going to say? I just – I totally lost my train of thought. Besides that, you know, the guy was just like, oh, and like everything I said to him seemed like it was a chore. Like, oh, God, now he wants me to put in a fucking appointment for him. Oh, God, now he wants me to hold these tires back for him for tomorrow. Oh, my Lord, I had to type something in the computer and I forgot my password. You know, like it was all my fault. <laughs> How dare you shop here? Yeah. Oh, I mean, sometimes, me. <laughs> sometimes I, I even in my current job, sometimes I have users who will contact me with some requests that I'm like, oh, come on, dude, you're killing me. You've just created twice as much work for me, and it's not going to do a damn thing different mm-hmm. for you. It's just that you want it this such a way uh, for your ego or whatever. And, and it's like, so what I say is, okay, <laughs> well, yeah. because because I'm not an asshole and I'm not going to give that guy a hard time because the bottom line is it's my job to do what he asked me to do within reason. And nothing that this person asked me to do was out of reason. It was just a pain for me. You know how and many it times? Meant I had to spend an additional five minutes doing stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I got over that, I was like, well, what the fuck am I worried about? But you know what I mean? Like if I had decided to be sh- fucking shitty or salty about it, I could have dragged that up and be like, who's going to make me do this? Well, I'm not even going to do it today. I'll I'm do it tomorrow. I'm the building. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna set the building on fire. Excuse me, have you seen my stapler? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I I worked in in guest services in the service industry, etc. And a lot of times I was dealing with people who thought they were rich, 
whether they were or not is up for you know for me to decide because I have no idea what their financial situation was. But they used to always act like that. If I could put on a a happy face or give a smile and and say okay when people ask me to do stuff when I absolutely hated their guts. I mean, you know, yeah. anybody anybody can do it. It's it's true. You just got to put a effort forth. Yeah. I yeah. I got treated like I got treated like like a piece of street gum a lot of times, you know, like, "Oh god, it's stuck on my shoe and I can't get rid of it." People treated me like that all the time. Yeah. Because they thought that, it, you know, "Oh, well, I have money so I can I can walk all over you and treat you like shit." And I right. took that and came back day after day after day for all I'm asking for is the same consideration, man. And they're yeah. not even going to hear this to know, so I'm just I'm just farting into the fucking into the wind here. Into the ether, <laughs> Ethernet. You're Somebody's farting into the Ethernet. That I was right. Um, yeah, it, it's a it, it is a fucking shame that people treat retail employees and service employees like fucking punching bags. You know, that's the reason why the film Fight Club was so popular. Uh, uh, is so popular with young people, uh, especially disenfranchised young people, is because a lot of them start out while they're in school and stuff working one of those types of jobs. That's their, your typical first job as a teenager is retail or fast food. It's almost a given. And if you're working around uh, a theme park, then you work in the fucking game stand at that local theme park. Or, That's the or, job or you get. Or fucking hot dogs or something, yep. Yeah, Something like that. All jobs where you get shit upon by management, by corporate, and by your customers Mm -hmm. at the same time. You're a number to them, and they will fire you on a dime for nothing. I I have a friend whose kid worked there, and they were like, well, uh, he hurt himself. He broke his ankle, and they're like, well, we need a doctor's excuse. You get a fucking cast, bitch. Yeah. You know? Oh, unbelievable. Unfucking believable Yeah, that that's what – so, you know, yeah, you get shit on. And honestly, I think it's sort of like, um, you know, how they have compulsory military service in, in many countries. I think there should be compulsory service industry uh, I was work. going to say something to that effect, yeah, that everybody, everybody – I don't care yeah. if you got bone spurs or not. You need to fucking spend time in the service industry. Yeah. Either that or everybody in the in in the country should be forced to do military service. Both. I don't know. You know, something like that. I, I think a little of both. Quite honestly, I think it, as long as you're able-bodied and healthy and able to do it. You know, if you're not, mm-hmm. that's different. But you know, if you're healthy, I don't care what what background you come from, how much money you have, your ass is going to work at McDonald's for six months. It's mandatory. Guess what? You're going to get shit upon. You're going to learn. You're going to fucking get humble as a result. And you're not going to go into a fucking uh, Kmart at 9.59 at night and begin a full shopping trip when the mm-hmm. store closes at 10 o'clock and then bitch and moan to the manager when you, someone tries to hurry you along. And we start dimming the lights and making announcements. The yeah, store's now closed. Please return. Yep. Yeah, doing everything necessary to get the store. But these people begin their shopping trip at 9.59. And you know what? When you've worked a, sh- a job like that, you're never going to do that. You're going to be like, oh, shit. They're closed. Yeah. All right. What do I absolutely need? Milk? 
eggs. All right, I'm in in five minutes, in and out, five minutes, boom. You know, and you run. You literally do that scoot walk where you're moving faster but you're not quite running to get that shit because you know you're a pain in the ass now. It's just that's like what, people that's, yeah, that show up at a restaurant after they've already – you know, pretty well closed most everything down. It's yeah, like all the shit's done. Until closing. I want a burger. It's like, you know how long it takes to clean this fucking grill and you just asked for a burger? I <laughs> shut that shit down an hour ago. Because yeah. we were not busy. Yeah. Where were you at? <laughs> oh, you were sitting at home wondering if you wanted to come fucking destroy my night for me. Thank you. <laughs> 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 I'll never forget the one a couple of times when I was the manager and one of the restaurants would get like it would like the restaurant would close at ten o'clock and it would be, you know, nine fifty five and they would get a twelve top. And I'd be like, Are you fucking serious? A twelve top, you know, like twelve people, you know, eating and I'd be like, Are are you are you serious? Oh, and they wanna do the whole thing. They want to do appetizers and an entree and then desserts. Like we're not gonna get out of here until fucking midnight, easily. Yeah. Yep. Because they're always the ones that sit and everything. And, and maybe maybe the fact that people treat you know, service and retail people like shit is part of the reason why why Walmart employees can be dicks at times. Yeah. yeah. It explains it, and I should really have looked at it in a more uh, empathetic lens because I've been there. I've never – okay, I did work at Walmart for uh, uh, six hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, that was it. Yeah. I, w- I was hired to work in the tire lube express, oddly enough. And then they told me, oh, well, you're actually going to be a cashier. And I was like, no, I was hired for the tire lube express. And they're like, well, we're telling you what you're going to do. And I was like, well, then I'm telling you, I'm not doing it. Bye. <laughs> I was like, I, this was a second job. I was like, I don't, I don't fucking need this hassle. This is a second job changing tires and doing oil changes and shit. That's fucking candy work for me. I could do that all day long if I wanted to, but I have a job that pays better. I just need a little extra. I just need a little extra income and you're not going to be like, Oh, well you're going to be the cashier and that's that. Yeah. <laughs> the shortest I worked at a uh, place was a, either a four, Three or four hour shift at a uh, a Home Depot that had just opened. I got you beat. And uh, I swept a floor. Uh, I swept the parking lot and lifted pipes over my head that weighed more than my upper body all combined. Mm-hmm. Um, and those one of them fell and almost eviscerated me. Oh. Uh, let's see. I. Um, emptied shards of glass into a dumpster with my hands um and then i fucking oh and then i went on at least break. you didn't use your penis i went on break and bought a swiss roll and i thankfully have the habit of those with those of take, taking the plastic the, the chocolate off mm-hmm. before i bite into the food so i peel the chocolate away and that brown cake was 100% green with mold and then oh. I fucking threw that in the trash and I walked up to the person and I said this isn't working out and I handed her my vest and I left before the end of my shift <laughs> I told you the story about Taco Bell I worked there for two fucking hours <laughs> I worked there for two hours I was there for about an hour and everybody started leaving they're like, we're done with this shit. Fuck this. We're leaving. And the manager locked the doors and the window and everything else. And, and I was like, you, you 
you can't lock me in here. And they're like, well, well, this, you know, we need to keep everybody here because, you know, we have people we need to feed. And I'm like, I'm the only fucking one left. I was like, I'm out, son. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I walked out the back door, like the one that had the alarm on. And I was like, I'm fucking out of here, man. You ain't keeping my ass in here. And that was my career at uh, at Taco Bell. Yeah. I don't even think I filled out all my paperwork. I need to hear more about this fucking manager who decided to lock you in a Taco Bell. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's definitely a story for another time. Like, seriously, that's a, that's a long fucking story. That's, that's unacceptable. Thank you for listening to Storytime with Tom and Mike. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed giving it to you. Giving it to you like that fucking manager would not give me my freedom. What a jackass. to learn more about Storytime with Tom and Mike, visit our website dembeans.biz D-E-M-B-E-A-N-S dot B-I-Z where you'll find links to our social media presences, our other uh, web presences, as well as sort of behind-the-scenes stories and links and things like that related to episodes that you've listened to. Yeah, and it's not biz because we mean fucking business. That's right, bitches. Or 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 people, because I don't want to upset you by calling you a bitch. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have called you a bitch. It's, it's. I mean, it happens, man. Everybody gets called a bitch one time or another, or a son of a yeah. bitch. <laughs>